Welcome to Leather Bread, the podcast for fantasy football. Now, introducing your host, Hunter Slapdog Amaruso, and Matthew Scotty Hopemeyer. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Leather Brains. We are one episode away from number 50. It is freaking nuts. As always, I am your host, Slap Dog. Welcome to Leather Brains again. We appreciate you tuning in. We are going to go over a lot of different fantasy things today, but I'm not alone. I can't do this alone. It's just simply too much for one man. I have today with me my good friend Yeti, as well as Scott Del Rey. It's a full house today. I'm pretty excited. I don't know how you gentlemen feel, but I think we are going to have a fun-filled and packed, full-of-information episode. So, you guys ready to get get into this thing? Uh, hell yeah. Let's jump Scotty, into it. watch your foul mouth. Fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> oh, and we have preseason on tonight. Oh, we do. Yes, yes, we do. Oh, so, shit. Um, I also saw, I did not realize the Lions were going to be on Hard Knocks. I will be watching all of that because i want to see as much dan campbell as possible it's gonna be great and so i'm very excited yeah, I'm for, that. So if, for that if you do not have hbo i highly recommend that you get it for this because it is going to be absolutely incredible i don't i'm not a lions fan i'm a dan campbell supporter till i die but i'm pretty excited for it so football is coming back today we are going to be going over as always we got some news that we need to cover and then today we're actually going to do a um I don't know what to call this segment, so our buy and buy segment. So people in a redraft format, we're going to go over the first eight rounds of redraft league, and we are going to go over the uh, in a 10-team a format. Each player in each round, we're going to go over our, our buy that we would like to purchase and our buy is and say goodbye to because we're not interested in them at it's their a, current ADP. It's a joke that works better on like paper, that. but I it dig does. it. I dig it yeah. for audio. <laughs> it's, for audio purposes, it's a little bit more confusing. Um, but we're going to go over our, our buys and our sells for each round, um, who we have listed. We have one for each round. And then we're going to go over our Brainiac questions because, as always, that is what we are here to do. So without further ado... Let's get down to business. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. Yes, some more weak-kneed NFL players are making a presence. We have a word that wide receiver, uh, Broncos wide receiver Tim Patrick, tore his right ACL in Tuesday's practice, according to insider Mike Kliss. Uh, he will miss the entire 2022 season. So, um, obviously sad for Tim Patrick. Hopefully he makes a full recovery and comes out and kicks some ass, but... Uh, what does this say about the remaining Broncos wide receivers, uh, some of whom there's, uh, you know, have been hotly debated about who's going to be the go-to guy, who's going to be worth the pick? Uh, you know, fewer mouths to feed as of right now unless they pick up one of these free agents. So take it away. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, obviously we've said it before. We will continue to say it. We do not root for injury here. Got to feel bad for Tim Patrick. That is a devastating blow to him as well as, you know, in in a, a slight – way that the Broncos organization I mean he was their wide receiver three he's somebody who um who they were going to be depending on and now they they've already lost one of their weapons before they've even got to use them in a, in a new offense so you got to feel for Tim Patrick I, I think if anything you know Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton's ADP is very very close to each other to begin with uh and and there's a lot of speculation for both parties as far as who's going to be the wide receiver one who's going to be the guy that eats the most we can safely say now that Tim Patrick is is uh 
not in the conversation, right? Because he's done. Sucks for him. These other guys, I don't think their ADP really changes, though, in my eyes, because they're both still going to be heavily contending for the wide receiver one position. We have, we have talked about it a lot on this podcast as far as who we think it's going to be. I believe it's going to be Jerry Judy, and I, I don't know. I think Yeti might think it's Cortland Sutton if memory serves. I don't remember. Um, but, you know, and Yeti, I, I'll let you take this away because, you know, you, uh, you have some comments about Greg Dulcich as well. Yeah, so my initial reaction to Tim Patrick tearing his ACL is that sucks because Russ Wilson, he really likes his outside wide receivers. Uh, just look at the success that he's had in Seattle. It's primarily been with those outside guys, I feel like. Um, Tim Patrick last season, he he played uh, the outside wide receiver about 75% of the snaps, which is where Cortland Sutton is projected a lineup right now. Um, Jerry Judy's more of a slot guy. I think last season I saw he, was, he had 70% of his snaps at slot. So I think if anybody is going to get an increase, it would be Sutton. Um, now, obviously, they are down wide receivers, so that opens up the, the wide receiver three spot, which all indications point to K.J. Hamler filling that role. Um, but I think it's important to note that uh, Hamler, he's coming off a dislocated hip. Um, he's coming off injury himself, so we don't know what he's going to look like uh, coming off injury. And I believe he's on the pup list, so, or he just got activated uh, off the pup list. So uh, he's slowly going to be worked into that role. Um, but with Tim Patrick being an outside guy or a big body guy, it immediately got me thinking about the rookie tight end that the Broncos drafted this year uh, out of UCLA and Greg Dulcich. Uh, he played tight end at UCLA, but he was also an outside wide receiver before he made the transition over to tight end. Um, there's been a lot of hype around Greg Dulcich uh, in training camp and then in, in rookie mini camp, uh, saying that he looks apart. Um, he's got great chemistry with Russ already. Um, so this could be a potential boost for him uh, to not only see reps at tight end, but maybe he takes the the outside wide wide receiver snaps there with Tim Patrick out. Yeah, sure. And and if that were to be the case, is Albert O still uh, fill in at that tight end role? You know, there's right now it's kind of too early to to tell, obviously, as far as what they're going to do in that role. But that conversation, it's just worth mentioning because. Maybe Albert O's stock goes up a little bit if they do end up moving Dulcich into more of a wide receiver-esque type role. So uh, best wishes for Tim Patrick. We don't root for injury, and, and that is um, not something you want to see before the season even starts. So rough, rough go of it. Yeah, yeah. we've got news, obviously, of a, of a man getting injured, but then we have news of a man healing with the power of medicine. Vikings tight end Irv Smith underwent <laughs> thumb surgery on Tuesday, according to uh, head coach Kevin O'Connell. O'Connell expects Smith to be ready for the start of the season. So are there any fantasy implications here? Um, Irv Smith was a guy that I really liked going into uh, this season because uh, the Vikings, they lost their tight end in free agency, uh, whose name is escaping me right now. And Irv Smith was going to be the tight end one in that offense. Uh, Kevin O'Connell's uh, bringing the offense over from the Rams, who they utilized. Higby? Why can't I think of anybody's name right now? Yep, they use Higby quite a bit um, in that offense, and that's going to be a pass-heavy offense. So I thought Irv Smith should see a good amount of volume as the only tight end for Minnesota. 
uh, but now he is going to be missing, you know, insulation with uh, Kirk Cousins in training camp and missing that chemistry, which that's going to suck for, for Irv Smith coming back. And we don't know if he will be healthy for the start of the season. If he's not, I think this helps Adam Thielen um, because Adam Thielen already is kind of that red zone wide receiver that uh, Kirk Cousins favors. Um, and with Irv Smith potentially being out, I think that opens up even more red zone targets for Adam Thielen. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else to add to that. I think that was pretty spot on. All right. We also have word that uh, Rams head coach Sean McVay has talked up running backs, Cam Akers, and Darrell Henderson over the weekend. He says, quote, I look at it as we've got two starting backs. Those guys are great compliments to one another but I see them both as starting caliber players. We need to get them involved. They need to be on the field. And I think it's healthy for them to supplement one another. He says that, but of course, Sean McVay, uh, throughout his entire career, the RB1 has seen over 20 snap or uh, over 20 carries in virtually every game or averaged over 20 carries in virtually every game. So is this a bunch of bullshit from Sean McVay who clearly indicates that he likes the one running back system? I, I'm not sure. I'm really not because I think he might actually be telling the truth on this one. And here's why. Uh, Henderson was, he was their starting running back for a lengthy amount of time. And then he got hurt in Sony Michelle and you saw him, them a little bit. But I, I, I think that, you know, I saw a lot of speculation on this from a lot of different places. And there was a lot of different people saying, He's just blowing smoke up our ass. It's going to be Cam Akers. I like Cam Akers. I think Cam Akers is a great play, and I I am wanting to own Cam Akers, especially in a dynasty format. But there is a chance that they end up kind of splitting the ball a little bit because we have seen what Henderson was done when, or was doing when he was healthy, and he was a sufficeable fantasy football running back to use week in and week out when healthy. I don't know. I don't know if 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 McVeigh's blowing smoke up our ass, but I I lean towards he's not. And I think that there could be a, a somewhat of a timeshare going on there because they're both good running backs. And if Henderson, he got injured last year, and then obviously Akers, you know, had a torn Achilles and he came back for the Super Bowl. And, and in, I think Akers looked pretty good in the Super Bowl given how fast he came back from that injury. I think that if Henderson looks like Henderson of old, both of them are going to see the see touches to, to some extent. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, Akers, you know, he did come back in record time off his Achilles injury, which is great. But I think there's there's a big difference, obviously, in being on the field and being back to form, right? He didn't look like Cam Akers of old when he came back. Yes, he was on the field, and yes, he was getting the targets and the volume, but he wasn't as productive with the carries that he was getting and the opportunities he was receiving. He, he averaged under three yards yeah. a carry. Cam Akers was a guy I toyed with selling uh, for a segment later uh, because I honestly, I'm afraid of Cam Akers. Um, when he was healthy or when, when he was a rookie in 2020, he was projected to be the bell cow, but then he suffered uh, rib injuries and then he suffered shoulder injuries. And then he tore his Achilles, obviously, in 2021. So we don't know if he can carry the load of the whole season. We don't know if he can be a workhorse type of running back the whole season, which makes sense with Daryl Henderson potentially getting looks at RB1 or them splitting. They, they're they both coming off injuries, and they, they're they both really good running backs. I think McVeigh would be wise to rotate these guys pretty often. Uh, the, Let me ask you this question. 
uh, sorry to cut you off. I'm just I'm genuinely curious, Yeti. Would you rather in a in a uh, a dynasty format? Would you rather own Travis Etienne right now or Cam Akers? I would say Travis Etienne because I, I think he's going to have a lot more upside in that Jaguars offense, and he's going to see a lot more uh, touches out of the backfield, even though Robinson is around. Um, I, I kind of compare their situation, you know, obviously it's way too early to compare it, but I'm thinking like a Kamara, Mark Ingram type of role with them, where I see J-Rob being the, the Ingram guy. He's going to get the first and second down carries while ETN is going to be on the field uh, and getting all the carries and being their gadget type of guy. Um, and I think the game script is going to be more in ETN's favor than J-Rob. So I, I think ETN is going to outplay J-Rob. Um, and all reports out of training camp kind of say the same. Obviously, J-Rob is coming off Achilles' injury himself, so we don't know how he's going to look. But I I prefer ETN. Okay. I was just curious to see where you're at. It's interesting you bring that up because I think that's the exact comparison I would use in uh, in Cam Akers' case. Um, I think that not only – and we're going to talk about this a little, not not to give away some of the content coming up, but we're going to we're going to have this conversation again. Um, and Sean McVay has proven that he he very rarely has a split system. And not only that, but Cam Akers was rushed back from injury and then given eighty percent of the carries when he came back. He they very clearly think Cam Akers is the guy. They have demonstrated it in game. And I just think that Daryl Henderson, they're playing Daryl Henderson lip service right now because they need him if Cam Akers does go down. The injury concern is the only thing that that stands in the way. To me, Cam Akers is clearly the RB1 regardless of what they say here in the offseason. And I think we're going to see that play out once the season starts. But, of course, I've been wrong many times before. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so frustrations of football, right? Right. All right, moving on. Pat's running back, James White, remains without a clear timetable to come off the pup list per insider Jeff Howe. The possibility remains that White, who is rehabbing a hip injury, says the pup, uh, stays on the pup list to start the season. What are the implications here? Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> uh, nope. I think, obviously, with James White not coming back, this is going to help out Ramondre Stevenson's case quite a bit. But you still have Damian Harris there. And then they drafted Pierre Strong out of South Dakota State this year, I think with, what, like a fourth or a fifth round pick. So that backfield doesn't have a good history, Not you know, of being serviceable for fantasy just because they rotate so much. But there's so many different parts there that I'm, nope, I'm noping it. Yep. Selling that nope. whole backfield. Yeah. And that, we're joking, but we're not. Like, I... I'm not interested in owning any part of that backfield if I can avoid it because I, I don't know who's going to be the bell cow. I don't know who's going to be the guy. And, and they they usually kind of – look at Harrison and Stevenson last year. It was You never knew who was going to be the guy. So it's frustrating for fantasy football. I'm looking mm-hmm. at other options. And this next story is actually a very happy story, uh, despite what it may seem, because we've seen what can happen when this sort of reckless behavior goes south. But Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Hollywood Brown was arrested for criminal speeding as opposed to the sneaky speeding that the rest of us do. He was caught and he was arrested. So now it's speculation time. Do you think he's going to have issues playing this season or do you think this is something he'll get fined for and everyone will forget about in a couple weeks? For selfish reasons, I hope he just gets fined and we all move on and forget about it. But I don't know. I I, I think that 
hopefully, I, I would be curious to know how fast he was going um, because I have been prone to go 80 in a 60. I've done it. Is that criminal speeding? Probably. I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand I don't it, the the... I don't understand the title because all speeding is against the law. I, so it, it's I actually had to right? look this up to see what the fuck criminal okay. speeding is. So there are well, yeah, some knowledge. Uh, there are three ways to be charged with criminal speeding in Arizona. This is per their uh, police record. Their whatever. bylaws. You went down and yeah. you went in the so depths. They, these are the three ways to be charged. You're either driving over 35 miles per hour in a school zone. You're driving over 20 miles per hour above the posted speed limit, or you're driving over 85 miles per hour on the highways and freeways. So I'm choosing that last option because yeah. I could... He was on yeah. the... Well, he was on the highway too, because yeah. he was in a carpool lane when he was pulled over. Um, so that tells me he was on the highway. He was probably going 87, which is not unreasonable. I mean, even, even not. in Omaha, our highways, you can get up to 75 miles an hour is the posted speed limit. Everybody knows that up to like seven or eight miles an hour over that is perfectly acceptable. And you're not excessive until you're like 15 miles an hour over that, which puts you well over 85. So I think we need to see more details because if he was going 130 miles an hour in a Bugatti, then that's one thing. But if he is driving 90 miles an hour, 95 miles an hour in on an open highway, we've all done that. We've all been there. Yeah, I'd I'd like to see more. I, I given if that is the case, I think we're fine. Yeah. I think it's it's not a big deal. But um, you know, it, if they're if he's going like one thirty, then yeah, maybe he's gonna get a slap on the wrist and and maybe a fine and a suspension of some kind. But I I really realistically, I'm 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 hoping for the, the you know, and I I jokingly said in our group chat, this is perfect timing for uh, Hollywood Brown because he <laughs> right now he's nursing a hamstring injury. And then Kyler is coming back from COVID. So it's like, okay, he, yeah. he doesn't really need to do much at training camp right now. So he's given himself a little break. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he's just, he just is resting, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. it's trying to keep himself healthy for the season. And if that means that he gets a speeding ticket, then yeah. it is what it is. What I, honestly, he should be looked at as a hero for this. Right. Is kind of how I'm thinking of it is he's doing all of the, uh, the Arizona fans a favor in, in speeding. So, appreciate that, Hollywood. Thank you. Um, but maybe, hopefully, it was like yeah, speeding. Like if it was a, if it was atrocious speeding, I did. I redact my thanks. I think that's all the news that we have. Scotty has decided to abandon us um, in his job in, in totality here. So, I am going to go ahead and push us forward with. Uh, we're going to do our our bye bye segment. So. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we are going to be going over all of the players. Um, we're going to go over round one, round two, round three, all the way to round eight. And we are going to be looking at uh, each of the ten players within those rounds as somebody that we're either looking to obtain or we're looking to sell. So I will, uh, I will kick things off with round one. So looking at round one, it, it's pretty difficult, right? Because round one, most of those guys are pretty much buys. So it's it, it becomes who did I like, who am I interested in, and that person is Joe Mixon. I am a, a sex fiend for Joe Mixon. I really want Joe Mixon on, on my team, and I like him this year. So Joe Mixon is my buy. His current ADP, and this is all on Sleeper's ADP with uh, full point PPR, Joe Mixon, his ADP is 10. 
So he's the the 10th overall pick right now, and I really like that. Joe Mixon finished as the RB4 this last year, and I have him finishing currently at the RB3 this year myself, um, given some injuries with some other running backs and and him being able to stay healthy. So um, he's got an upgraded O-line. He's on a he's on an offense that um, is very explosive with Joe Burrow, and they have a lot of weapons around Joe Burrow to uh, to get the ball down the field. But Mixon is also he he catches the ball too, and I think that makes him valuable. So I'm really excited for Joe Mixon this year. He is my uh, my buy for round one. And whoever uh, no, Yeti, I'll go let ahead. Scotty I'll, because I'll my my buy was Joe Mixon as well, but. Um, yeah, my bias okay. also. Joe well, Mixon. fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's definitive. Uh, the, By Joe yeah, Mixon. Guys. So the only thing I'll add to that is uh, in the postseason, we saw Joe Mixon being utilized a lot out of the backfield, which was a great sight to see, right? And I, I'm hoping and I'm thinking that will continue on into the regular season because I, I could see them passing a little more, uh, which would be great news for Joe Mixon, um, who finished as RB3 last year. And I think he's going to finish in that range as well. I'd be surprised if he's outside the top five uh, for running backs. Um, but since we all agreed on Joe Mixon, I guess I'll throw out another one. I don't really have any notes on him, but someone else I'm really considering, obviously, like outside of the top five guys, right? There's there's obvious ones with Jonathan Taylor, uh, Cup, Justin Jefferson. I don't want to talk about those guys. The other guy I was going to talk about is Dalvin Cook. Uh, Dalvin Cook is a buy for me, actually. Uh, I have him right behind Joe Mixon, and now... All right, we have to clarify buy. He, Hunter, I am he, buying. he muddied the water. I am buying. Buying. So. I am <laughs> purchasing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am buying Dalvin Cook. I, I know every running back that we're going to talk about has injury history, right? Even Joe Mixon had injury history before last season. Um, but with Dalvin Cook, we know what we're going to get with him. He is a PPR stud. And I think that the offense that is coming over to Minnesota is going to fit his uh, his um, his style perfectly. Uh, they're looking to air out the ball a little more, so they're going to get the ball in his hands out of the backfield. Great for PPR. Um, I believe the offense is a – what is it? It's kind of like a, a outside zone, which is great news for Delvin Cook because he is fast as fuck off the edge. And I am buying Dalvin Cook um, at the end of the first round. All right. Scotty, did you have anything else on Mixon or that you wanted to touch on before we went to our, our cells? No, you hit on everything. I mean, obviously, we expect Mixon to be great. He was great before. He's even better now this year because he's being undervalued slightly. We all expect him to be in the top five, and he's going, what, ninth, tenth, eleventh. Um, so he's he's a good first-round value that is is worth picking up. So agreed. Okay. The first or the sleeve that I have in the first round is Najee Harris, um, and I, I don't know how you guys feel about him, but uh, currently Najee's ADP is ninth overall. I have concerns with Najee, and, and in large part due to his uh, his production receiving the ball. That was something that uh, made him very valuable last year. His Big Ben was was a treat. To be completely honest, he was firmly rooted in the ground. He was not able to scramble like Big Ben of old, and he checked down to the running back a lot. Najee had 94 targets and 74 receptions. That's that's a substantial amount, and that helped his his fantasy football value in a PPR format. So I I think that there's, there's some regression there this year. I like Najee as a player, I do, but Big Ben is gone. Mitch Trubisky is the quarterback there, and while I'm a Mitch believer... 
Mitch Trubisky is not afraid to also tuck the ball and move a little bit more than Big Ben, and I think Najee's going to hurt for that. And Najee's come out, as well as the team, they both have come out and said his his utilization is going to be different this year. So uh, while I do like Najee, you know, Najee's being drafted over Joe Mixon right now, and I would rather have Joe Mixon. So if I had to pick a sleep in the first round, for me, it's probably Najee Harris. Yeah, definitely. I also have Najee Harris uh, for all the reasons that you said. I mean, he, including his targets last year, he had over 400 touches, right? He was used a shitload all because Big Ben had no mobility whatsoever, and yet he averaged 3.9 yards a carry, right? He is just not an efficient running back. That puts him in like the, the you know, in the bottom five of the top 50 running backs, right? He is not an efficient running back whatsoever, uh, but he was very useful because he touched the ball a shitload all the time. And you just can't expect that to, that to continue bottom line. So I'd like to have Najee. I just don't like him above Joe Mixon. I don't like him in the first round. I would agree. Yeti, who you got for your, uh, your I think my sell is going to surprise some people here. Um, I am selling Mr. Derrick Henry. So the lazy answer to give you here is Derrick Henry is 28 years old and he's coming off a serious foot surgery. The foot injury does concern me for a 6'3", 250-pound running back, but there's a lot more to it, right? Tennessee lost two starting offensive linemen from last season, one who graded out as a 15th best running run-blocking guard, the other uh, graded out as a 6th best run-blocking tackle. No upgrades were made on that offensive line. Derrick Henry is a bell cow back that we expect to touch the ball around 20 to 25 times a game. That's what makes Derrick Henry so great, right? But history shows uh, that Derrick Henry gets six less carries per game when the Titans are losing. Now, I expect Tennessee to struggle quite a bit this year in a transition period without A.J. Brown and a projected bottom offensive line. Therefore, Derrick Henry shouldn't be seeing as much volume as he was back when he was healthy. And like I said, he is 28 years old now. I think the usage and the wear and tear is going to catch up to Derrick Henry this year. I I, I like that, and I, I, I lead on agreeing with you there. Um, and I think, to be completely honest, he is going to be somebody that kind of maybe falls below his ADP because a lot of people are have share that same mentality. So I, I agree. I think that's that's not a bad sleep at all. And, uh, you know, we don't root for injuries here, but there's there's a – possibility with his usage and how much that um that he is being used with the titans that he he could get injured so moving on around two these this is adp 11 through 20 so um or it would be 21 i guess technically uh i have on my buy here i have mr mark andrews it, his current adp of 18 is where he's currently uh his average draft is so the, the reason for Andrews is, you know, Hollywood Brown is no longer there. Hollywood Brown was traded. He's a speed demon. He's playing with the Cardinals now. He may be in jail at this moment. But uh, they, they really didn't do anything to replace Hollywood Brown. Mark Andrews finishes the tight end one last year. And he, he had a, almost 1,400 yards receiving. That's freaking nuts. I, I, I think that overall he's in for a big year. Maybe not at the mark of 1,400, but there's less competition there, and they're going to need him. So that is a positional advantage. I love having a good top-tier tight end, and, and Mark Andrews is that guy for me. So I'm very excited for him going in, into this year, and, uh, and you would lock up a position that 
could win you a fantasy football championship because you don't get that kind of usage out of every single tight end. So he's my buy at ADP 18. And, Scotty, I'll let you go next. All right. Yeah, my buy is uh, no surprise. By the way, I love Mark Andrews, so I'm all in for that. But my buy is no surprise. It's Stefan Diggs. Um, this is a man who everybody likes, but people do not like him nearly as much. His name needs to be up there with Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson. They need to be up at the top of the list because he is an elite wide receiver playing on an explosive offense. Last year alone, finished with over 1,200 yards receiving on 103 receptions and 10 touchdowns. This guy is a beast. He is a league winner. 100% I am targeting Stefan Diggs in the second round. Yeah, I, I love that pick, Scotty. Uh, but, uh, Diggs isn't my my person here, but I just want to add that I think Diggs is the fourth best wide receiver in a redraft format behind Justin Jefferson, Cup, uh, Chase, and then I think Diggs is next off the board. Yeah, in my, 100%. My I would agree with that. Um, but... I don't think my buy or my favorite is going to surprise anybody when I say this because I've been dick riding this whole time. It is none other than Grind Saquon on that. Grind on Barkley, that groin, Yeti. Mr. Saquon yeah, Barkley. I, figured. I, figured. Um, I went into into big detail uh, with Saquon Barkley in our, our My Guy section a few episodes ago, so go check that one out if you haven't yet. title is The Dallas God Art Show. So go check that out. Um, but <laughs> hold on, I'd like to good, point no, out real plug. quick good that plug. Saquon Barkley's uh, redraft ADP on sleeper is twenty two. So I think you're breaking the rules here because he oh, was is he, is he, he was mine for round three. I have him at nineteen. What well, guys? What are we doing? Yeah, we're not even on the same page. Oh, All right, but oh you can God. continue I'm because sorry, I'm sure guys. we're going to say the same. I thing. see him at nineteen point four. Did you? Are we using sleepers? Yeah, ADP? I am. Are you guys using the dynasty? Okay. No, you're not using dynasty. No, I'm not. Redraft using PPR. I'm, I'm using uh, AMV's half point PPR format. That's probably uh, see. That's why. Oh my god! But I'm that's sorry, guys. So right. Using our custom. All right, all right. Well, just know that this is your last time on the show. So. <laughs> all right. Yep. You can fire yeah. me after this. But hey, uh, but I will say, great episode plug. Thanks, well, man. Um, <laughs> I did, since I, I kind of went into detail with Saquon already. Um, I just want to note again that I think when Saquon is at full strength, his ceiling is higher than any other running back in the top 15. Um, I think it's as high as Christian McCaffrey's. And when you can get a running back like that in the second round, I think you take that all day. Because last year we were seeing guys with RB1 potential go in the first round. Now Saquon has fallen to the back of the second round. I get it. Injury history, yada, yada, yada. But I think the Giants offense is going to be so much improved from last season uh, with the upgraded offensive line. They they got more weapons around um, at wide receiver. Brian Dables in, in town. And I think Brian... Yeah, you... Uh, I'm going to buy you a Brian yeah, Dable please jersey do. just so you can but wear it around. I, I think Brian Dable has been looking for a receiving running back for the past couple of years. You look in Buffalo, uh, they try to do that with Devin Singletary. He's just not a good receiving back. They try to do that with Zach Moss, not a good receiving back. And then they try to go get uh, J.D. McKissick from Washington before Brian Dable left town. And now, obviously, Brian Dable's with one of the best receiving running backs in the game is Saquon Barkley. So I think he's going to utilize Barkley's strengths, and that is getting him the ball in open space. And he's I think he's going to tear it up. So I'm See, buying Barkley. I, 
I know I knew that was going to be your pick. I um I knew that regardless of what round he was in, you were going to buy him whatever yes. round he was in. Um I hope you're right. I personally I can't get behind it because I'm afraid of injury and I want sustainability in, in the running back, but I I respect your decision that's like, and I hope you're right. I really do. That's like right. saying Joe Mixon last year, right? Everybody leading into last year was saying Joe Mixon's going to get hurt. His ankle, his hamstring, you name it. But then look at what Joe Mixon did. He had an RB3 season. Yeah, he was Yeah, great. he was great. I loved him. I do want whatever happened to Jay Ajay. I was just thinking about that today. Knees. I accidentally arthritis. typed I typed some some word on my phone and it looked kind of like <laughs> Jay's last name and I was like Oh shit! I forgot about that guy. What he happened? Old man syndrome with the yeah. talk really. R.I.P. Happens to R. the best of us. Well, R.I.P. I'll carry us into round three. Since, well, did you already give? Hold on, we got sleeps. We got sleeps, dude. Chill. Well, I'm just Deep really press, excited man. to talk about Saquon Barkley. No, well, we'll get there. <laughs> but I want to give my sleep for round two. Yeah, Is it sleepers? My sleep for round two. Sell. Sell. Yeah, sell. Sleep Sorry. sounds like a sleeper, and that's very. We're gonna knock him out. We're very confused all around. I know my my verbiage is all over the place today, but I'm selling my sell for round two, ADP number nineteen in a full PPR format is Josh Allen, yes. and I am not interested in purchasing Josh Allen at his current ADP. Not that I don't believe in Josh Allen, because I do. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he is going to produce. I just don't want to take a quarterback that early, and that's that's really why I'm I'm selling him here is because. Uh, I'm just I, I I just don't want that. I I would rather fill that with with either a top tier running back or a top tier tight end or even or excuse me a top tier receiver or running back or even a tight end like Mark Andrews because that is where you're going to get positional advantage from. I like Josh Allen as a player. I'm not trying to say he's a bad player. I'm just saying where his current value is at, it's way too expensive to fill a quarterback position at this role in my opinion. I uh, yes, one hundred percent. I got what? What? I okay. got Josh Allen as my cell in the next round. So, oh my god! Sorry, Scotty. Dear Lord. Damn it, oh Eddie. my gosh, we all are right. just all, all right. the place. But yes, I agree 100. percent No matter who the quarterback is, buying a quarterback this early in a redraft league with one quarterback is just silly because you have so much opportunity to fill those points later in the draft where you can stock up on those positional guys on those on those skill position guys. It's just crazy. But uh, my uh, my cell for round two is none other. And no surprise, Mr. Kamara, uh, simply because we don't know what the fuck's going on in his life. And we have no yeah. idea when he's going to play, if he's going to play, what's going to happen. And it's just too much risk uh, for a second rounder is the bottom line. He's a great player when he's on the field, but man, like you just can't take that risk. It, it's riskier than a quarterback, in my opinion, at, at the second round. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, he was actually, I was going to put him down for the exact same things that you mentioned. And then I was like, one of you guys is going to choose him, so I'd like to talk about somebody else. So uh, I could not agree more. You know, there's talks that he's going to have a six-game suspension. Now it's being pushed back, I think, 60 days uh, before the, his hearing and stuff like that. What's going to happen to him? Are you willing to invest a second-round pick in somebody who might not even play this year or might be suspended for a lengthy amount of time? So I love that pick, Scotty. I could not agree more. And Yeti, did you have – were you were you just going to move into the next round? No, I, I do yourself? have a sell here. Uh, Nick okay. Chubb is my sell. Uh, so Chubb has been a great bell cow back for uh, Stefanski in an offense that runs a ball, uh, usually at the highest clip uh, the past two seasons. Now, my expectation for the, the offense is to throw the ball a little more. 
uh, with the signing of obviously Deshaun, which we don't know what's going to happen there. I know, but they also have Amari Cooper on the field uh, or in the fold now. So sure. I, I do. I, I just want to cut you off for one second because we. I just realized this did not make our news, but I think we need to talk about it. Is um, the NFL? has said that they are going to um, appeal his his six-game suspension. So what are you guys, how are you guys feeling about that? I mean, is that something that, that – uh, does that change your opinion of Chubb at all with, with Watson potentially being out all year? Um, what, does, how are you guys feeling about that, I guess, is my question. So I think the – I mean, we've talked about the Watson case so much that I, I didn't want to put it on the news because we I think we have covered every single part of it. I just think with the sure. with the NFL appealing, it's only going to make his suspension longer, and it's going to draw out the process even more. So he might not get a suspension until like week four, right? But I think his suspension will be in play. It's going to be yeah. okay. I think it's going to be it's going to be more than twelve games, and that is because the NFL had offered that with to the NFLPA beforehand that they would offer a 12 game suspension and a 10 million dollar fine as kind of a middle ground mm -hmm. the nfl pa rejected that that was before the court gotcha. hearing went into place so now big dick goodell is gonna fight this uh six game suspension and it's gonna be a long laser eyes um so it's he's gonna be out for longer than 12 games he might be out the whole season yeah well and that's the thing okay. too is that you're right that the, the only option there are two options here and number one, which seemed apparent right when the decision was first handed down, that Roger Goodell sort of indicated that, well, you know, this is the, the decision that was made. So even if the NFL decides to appeal, there was reason to believe that maybe Roger Goodell was just going to say, wow, six games is fine. It's, it's what was decided, and that's what we're going to stick with. But now in the wake of this, that the NFL has appealed, um, you know, that I think was the news that was coming out before the NFL actually decided to do that. But now that they have, it seems likely that he's going to be out for a, signif a significant chunk of time. Um, so it's just sure. tough to predict at this point. A Deshaun Watson and redraft is just hard. It, it's just hard to justify anything other than a late round flyer on him. And that's so. Does that that's, is that your mentality with Nick Chubb? You know, still with are you are you this, yeah? Are I, you selling him with the mentality that Watson's not going to be playing? Is my yes, question. And that's not all that goes into it. I think that Chubb he sees a lot of work to Kareem Hunt, who is coming back healthy. When Kareem Hunt is healthy, he is seeing the hurry-up touches. He is seeing targets out of the backfield. Uh, Kareem is traditionally in the game when the Browns are trailing or when they are when they have blowout leads. Kareem is the guy that's on the field. And I could see the offense just struggling without Watson. And so I could sure. see offenses keying in on Chubb and uh, giving more run for Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. Okay. All right, we're going to move into round three. So the buy that I have in round three, I, I don't know. Um, this one was kind of tough for me a little bit. So it would be, um, hold on here, I got to pull this up. So it would be rounds 21 or ADP picks from 21 through 30. Um, my buy is Debo Samuel. Um, I, I, I was looking at some of these other players. Um, Saquon Barkley is in this round. Um, but Right around here, there's there's not really a lot of guys that I'm super excited about, but I really like Debo. I Debo finished last year as I want to say it was wide receiver. Sorry, I'm flipping screens here. Um, Debo, he's currently being drafted wide receiver eight off the board. So where his he's being drafted at, everyone's projecting he will finish as wide receiver eight. Um, 
And I, I'm taking him there if I have the opportunity to do so because he finished his wide receiver three last year with a quarterback that, in my opinion, is mediocre. I don't think Jimmy G's a great quarterback. I don't think he is he's incredible. And Debo still found a way to finish his wide receiver three. Um, so I'm willing to take the risk of the upside here and believe in him as an athlete. And I, I think that he um, he will finish his wide receiver eight or or maybe even better. Uh, he, he does have a new quarterback, and, and that's probably part of his ADP fall. But uh, I'm willing to take the risk on Debo here because there's not a, a lot of other players at this ADP that I'm super excited about. Maybe Aaron Jones, um, but Debo's my guy. So he's somebody who I would take here. So, Yeti, who do you have? Or do you have the, the current most updated list here? Yes, I do. Um, I just want to ask you with Debo, is there any concern now that they have a running quarterback and that they might shift to a run-heavy offense? A little to be honest, but but I, I think that he is such a, a talent in and of itself that they, you know, you think about it. In the game of football, you have to get the ball in your playmaker's hands. That's what you do to win games. And I think Debo is that guy for them. There have been talk that Brandon Ayuk and Trey have a great relationship. That's great, whatever. But I, I still think Debo is such a talented player. I'm willing to take him there based upon where kind of everybody else around that ADP category currently is like Leonard Fournette is, is somebody in this category. I'm not really interested in Leonard Fournette. Um, there is Aaron Jones, who I, I do like, I don't get me wrong. Um, Javante. I don't know how I feel about Javante at this point. Um, and it, I, I'm looking to get a top tier wide receiver around this round. Um, it's kind of, like I said in, in previous episodes, typically my redraft strategy is I try and go running back, running back typically if I can now it depends on where I'm drafting at and it depends on who's available so there's a lot of fluctuation there but if I had a had it a my way type role I would go running back running back and then that puts Debo right around the third round and I think he is definitely that that wide receiver that I'm looking for in the third round AJ Brown's a question mark I like Mike Evans but I I I think overall I think they're still going to utilize Debo in a way in which to get the ball in his hands and that's why I'm choosing Debo I almost had Debo as my cell so that's that's why Did I you? ask. Yep. I, no, that's I, fine. I think. Well, I don't want to go into because he's not myself. But uh, okay. I, I just think that <laughs> offense is going to struggle a little bit. That's that's all. And I'm sure they might about that. But my buy for the third round is you. You already said his name. It's Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. Uh, yeah. Aaron jo- Jones is a RB one with the potential Christian McCaffrey upside uh, that you can draft in the third round. Uh, the past three seasons, Aaron Jones has finished RB12, RB5, and RB2 while being in the top 10 for running back targets each season, each each of the last three seasons. Now, the reason why I think Jones has CMC upside is obvious, right? He's going to see a huge uptick in volume without Devontae Adams on the field. Uh, it's been widely reported uh, that in seven games without Devonte Adams, Aaron Jones he averaged 14 carries and nearly seven targets a game. Now I know that's kind of, you know, when Devonte Adams they were able to script Aaron Jones get in the ball more, uh, and we haven't seen that for a full season, right? Just a couple games at a time. But I do think Green Bay would be silly not to try to get Aaron Jones the ball more because he might be their best wide receiver <laughs> on the, on the roster, honestly. You respect Sammy Watkins. <laughs> <laughs> but I think for, for a running back that you can get in the third round who has potential top five upside, you jump on that in a heartbeat. 
Yeah, and it, like I said, he would be somebody who I would also put in that buy category. Absolutely. There's not a lot of people I like, but um, he's somebody in that round that I well, like. So, it, Scotty, who do you The best got? thing about Aaron Jones, r- real quick, is that you have his handcuff right there as well. Um, you're able to get A.J. Dillon, and you're able to solidify that backfield, and you have a top-tier running back regardless of what happens with Aaron Jones. So uh, you guys have seen in, in our mock drafts that we've been doing every day that I, Aaron Jones and uh, A.J. Dillon are two of my top-tier guys that I am I am buying both of them as soon as possible. Um, yeah. But my buy, as I alluded to earlier, is uh, Barkley in, in the appropriate round. Um, and the reason is, obviously, you gave all the reasons, <laughs> Yeti, uh, for him already, and I agree with those. And Yeti, you honestly sold me on him a little bit because I went in with the mindset that Hunter had of, okay, injury history. But you start looking at these injuries, and they're flukes. I mean, it, this isn't this isn't someone who is dealing with injuries that he's sustaining in just normal everyday plays, but he's getting injuries by stepping on his own player's feet and all sorts of weird things. No real reason to think that he is he just is weak-bodied generally. And the biggest reason, though, is that is, is his upside. Is Saquon Barkley has potential to be a running back one this 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 year if he's able to stay healthy and i'm all about upside so i'm all in on saquon barkley in the third round right and i i I just think too much we focus on oh they got to stay healthy they got to stay healthy every running back has to fucking stay healthy because they all have injury history right even joe mixon has injury history austin eckler has injury history jt doesn't because he's young at this point but once you look past that and you start looking at upside and like you realize the the injuries that Barkley has, I think he has tremendous upside of RB one, um, and I that's hard to we overlook. Will we will see. Myself around three is Kyle Pitts, and I I just look. I think Kyle Pitts is a talented young man. I do, but he finished his tight end six last year. Okay, and honestly, he could finish that or worse this year because he got a significant downgrade at quarterback in a time in which they needed him last year. Calvin Ridley got the sads. He left. Kyle Pitts was the guy, right? He was, it was him and Russell Gage. Guess what? Kyle or Calvin Ridley is also not playing football again this year. And they, they have Drake London there now, which is, is hopefully great for the Falcons. But Matt Ryan is on a category of his own comparative to Marcus Mariota. And for that reason, I just I, I wouldn't spend the draft capital on Kyle Pitts at that position is where I'm at because I don't think he's going to finish as a top three tight end. I don't think he's going to finish maybe even as a top five tight end. And I have concerns there. So I, I you have to think about the quarterback play. I'm selling Kyle Pitts. I don't want to buy him in the third round because I think that there are some other people that we have already mentioned that I would rather own than take a risk on a tight end who ends up not being that positional advantage that you need. Scotty, who are you selling? Yeah, you mentioned him already, but uh, I'm selling Javante all day long. Uh, Javante, I'm, I'm surprised at the continued hype around Javante, given the uh, presence of, of Gordon in that offense. And the reason being, you know, we all were hyped on Javante in, in the preseason or in the, in the offseason before Gordon was signed again, and he looked like he was going to be the guy. But the bottom line is last year, you can look, they split carries right down the middle. Both of them had 203 carries each. And even though Javante seems to have the receiving upside in that offense, Gordon had double the touchdowns. And the reason for that is because they're giving him the ball in the red zone. And I don't see a reason why that's going to change this season. Even if it changes slightly, you're still talking about a split backfield. You're still talking about someone you don't want to spend round three draft capital on when he's not going to be the primary guy in the offense. There's just too much uncertainty at that high of a pick. 
for sure. Yeti? Are we moving on? Or no. Did oh, you have a sell? Uh, yes, yeah, sorry. I got over over myself here because Josh Allen was my sell uh, who went in the second <laughs> round. Um, <laughs> the only thing I'll add to your Josh Allen sell is obviously I don't like him here because I don't draft quarterbacks this early. And I, I think the gap between uh, quarterback one and then quarterback seven to eight over the past few seasons has not been big enough to make a huge difference. Um, I did the math and the difference is about three and a half points per game. Uh, so I would much rather take a quarterback later than buy a quarterback here in the second, third round. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to round four. My purchase here at ADP 31 overall is James Conner. I like James a lot. <laughs> He finished his RB5 this last year, and depending upon the health of the other running backs this year, I think he has a very good chance to hit a very similar path this year. He played in 15 games last year and was extremely effective. He gathered 15 touchdowns on the ground and another three in the air. Uh, well, I, I'm not sure that he'll amass that many this year. I, I do think that the, the cards really didn't do much to replace him this year. They pretty much have signified that he is their go-to guy uh, on the ground, and he, he certainly can get it done through the air, too, as we've seen. I love James Conner this year. I think for a fourth-round grab at a running back that will finish in the top 10, James Conner is a solid pick here, so I'm buying him at this round. Yeah, and James Conner, he actually scored as a number two running back in all of fantasy football in the six games without mm -hmm. Chase Edmonds, who, by the way, is in Miami now. Uh, so yeah. Conner should be in a similar role that he was last year with really nobody behind him. They didn't do anything to indicate that they want to move on from James Conner. So he is the guy to own in, in, in that backfield, and uh, he should be yep. drafted as such in the fourth round. I agree. Scotty, who you who you rolling with on the buy here? Yeah, now, as I alluded to earlier, uh, we got to talk about Mr. Cam Akers. So Cam Akers is an RB1 in this offense. I definitively believe that. His ADP has only fallen to the fourth round because of how he looked after he came back from that injury. I firmly believe if they held him out last year, uh, and you know all the beat all the beat reporters are talking about in the uh, in the offseason and in the preseason that he is back with a vengeance. I think he's getting drafted in the third round minimum. Um, so the only reason he's falling this far is because of that injury. And again, you know, we have to take note of the fact that when he did come back, he was seeing an 81% share of the touches. So they brought him back early from injury. They gave him the ball a shitload, despite the fact that he was back early from injury. They want to give this guy the ball. I just see him as a tremendous value if he's able to stay healthy, similar to the Saquon Barkley conversation, where if this guy's able to stay on the field, I just really do think that he is going to be a phenomenal RB1. And not to mention, he is facing three of the worst run defenses in the first three weeks of the season. You're he's in Buffalo, he's in Atlanta, or against Buffalo, against Atlanta, and against Arizona. So you expect him to come out hot as well. And, you watch yourself. Uh, it's just run defense that we're talking about. <laughs> Um, but I, I do expect him to come out hot. I expect him to be the RB1 in this offense. And I personally am not worried about all the talk about the RB2 there. I don't hate that. I, I, I thought I toyed with the idea of putting him on my buy. But I, overall, if I had if I had to choose in a redraft format, which one I'm going with, I, I went with, uh, with James Conner there because I do think he's on a path to finish a little bit higher than Cam Akers. But I could be wrong. So uh, moving on to our sell for round four, my sell. Number 32 ADP overall is Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I, you know, Yeti, you touched on it. 
you pretty much hit the head on the nail here. At the fourth round, I am still not particularly interested in drafting a quarterback because I think that there is not a big enough gap in in points obtained from for the top eight guys. So Patrick Mahomes, he he's definitely a talented quarterback, and I like Patrick Mahomes. I do, but. I think that he's got a completely new group of wide receivers. We don't know how that's going to look, and I do think that he'll be able to sustain and still be a great quarterback, but I don't want to get a quarterback in the fourth round. I'm just not interested. So he is my sell for the fourth round. Yeah, My sell for the fourth round is uh, David Montgomery out of Chicago. Um, I think having to pay a fourth-round pick for David Montgomery is extremely risky. Uh, the Bears got a completely new front office and a new coaching staff this season, and they did not renew Montgomery's contract for this uh, upcoming season. So last season, Montgomery missed time with a knee injury, and that gave backup Khalil Herbert, who was a r- rookie last season, a great opportunity uh, to show that he is a good running back. Um, and you could say he might be better than David Montgomery. Um, at least pro football focus thought he finished better uh, than Montgomery did last season. Um, the the new offense that is going to be ran in Chicago caters towards an outside running zone uh, type of game, uh, running scheme, sorry, uh, which Khalil Herbert played in in college. And I wouldn't be surprised if this new coaching staff gives Herbert's gives Khalil Herbert the reins at some point in the season as their guy with David Montgomery due to leave town next year. So um, I'm selling David Montgomery in the fourth round. Okay. Scotty, who are you selling round four? Yeah, I'm also selling David Montgomery for a lot of the same reasons. I mean, really, you can boil it down to two names, Luke Getze and Khalil Herbert. Luke Getze is the new offensive coordinator who spent time in Green Bay, which ran an entirely split backfield offense. I mean, they are not afraid to give multiple guys carries, and Khalil Herbert just looked great. He looked great last year. And so there's just no reason to think, you know, David Montgomery's outperformed expectations to some degree over the last two seasons, and I just don't think that's going to continue. I think you're going to see him lose a lot of touches this year, and a fourth-round pick is just too high is the bottom line. Okay. Moving on round five at ADP 47 overall. Give me more, baby. Give me DJ Moore. He is my purchase here at uh, at ADP 47. I'm pretty pumped for DJ Moore this year, to be honest with you. He's somebody who has grown on me quite a bit in the coming weeks. Uh, you know, he he finished as wide receiver on the 19, uh, wide receiver 19 overall last year, and I think he has a chance to finish that or or maybe even better this year. He's consistently gotten 1,100 yards in the last uh, the last three years with three different quarterbacks and this year I think he's got the best quarterback that he's had since he's been in the league and that would be Baker Mayfield and that is not saying a shit ton as far as quality of great quarterbacks but I think Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback that he has had since he's been in the league I'm excited for him and I think that they're going to need him so I like DJ Moore a lot he's somebody that I'm going to be buying in the fifth round at ADP 47. Scotty who you buying? Yeah I am buying Mr. Pittman all day long. Uh, Michael or Pittman, <laughs> he finished third last year in routes run behind only Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase, and he finished top 10 in a target share. So you combine these numbers with an upgrade, a significant upgrade at quarterback, and I think there's no reason why he is going to be uh, extremely valuable at that fifth-round pick. Okay, Yeti? Mm, well, uh, Scotty is looking at my notes before the show because I also have Michael Pittman. Uh, I've also talked about Michael Pittman in the Dallas Goddard show uh, episode, so go check that out. Um, but I, Hey, hey, 
Great, great plug. Yeah, that's well back-to-back plugs in this episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can win. <laughs> but to just add on to uh, Scotty's comments about uh, Michael Pittman, I think Indy is going to throw the ball a little more this, this season than they did last year with Carson Wentz. Uh, they averaged 30 passing attempts per game last season with Carson Wentz. Um, when they had Phillip Rivers, they threw the ball 35 times a game. And I, I think with Matt Ryan, who is a much better quarterback than Carson Wentz, and you could maybe make the argument for Phillip Rivers too, um, that I, I think they will be throwing the ball around 35 to maybe 40 times a game. So that should increase Pittman's targets quite a bit uh, closer to that 145, 160 range. And he was already basically at the 130 target range last season. Um, so if he's getting that many targets in an offense where he is the clear wide receiver one, uh, he dominates the 25% target share in the red zone. Give me all the Michael Pittman in the fifth round. Okay. Going to sleep or sell rather uh, for the fifth round, ADP 45 overall, Antonio Gibby. Good old Gibby is who I am selling here. I'm not interested in Owen Gibson, really in any format, to be completely honest with you. Um, he finishes the RB10 last year, and I was actually surprised to see that that's where he finished at. And I think it's in large part due to his strong end-of-season finish. But I, I'm not interested in Antonio Gibson. I'm not interested in any of the backfield with, that Ron Rivera is involved in because uh, he runs like a, a three-man, two- to three-man ship at any given time. J.D. McKissick is back there, and I think that if J.D. McKissick was gone, I'd be a little bit more interested in Gibby, but the problem is is McKissick is a pass-catching running back. And so with that being said, he's going to be on the field when they need to throw the ball. So I think that cuts into Gibby a little bit. I'm not interested in dealing with the headache of who's going to do what every single week, and I'd rather just pass on him and let him fall. So he is my sleep at round five. And Yeti, who is yours? My cell was also Antonio Gibson, but I came prepared with the backup here uh, with Josh Jacobs. Now, Josh Jacobs, he... Uh, does, does that hurt for you? It, like, does it just like sting just a little? It does hurt because I'm a huge Josh Jacobs guy. Uh, obviously, huge Raiders fan, but I think Josh Jacobs has been great for the Raiders. But the new offensive scheme does not bode well for Josh Jacobs at all. Uh Josh McDaniels is a new head coach, offensive coordinator from New England. And we, we kind of talked about New England's backfields uh, earlier this episode, that they do run a committee most of the time. And um, early in tr uh, training camp, beat reporters have said that they are already going with the committee approach with Brandon Bolden, with Kenyon Drake, with Zamir White, and Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs should get the start. He should get the opportunity. But it's just going to be hard for him to continue to be the RB1 in that offense when they're going to be cycling through running backs. Look for Zamir White to get the short yardage carries. Look for Brandon Bolden or Kenyon Drake to be utilized a lot in the passing game uh, over Josh Jacobs, which hurts to say, but I think Josh Jacobs is going to be a bust or a sell in uh, the fifth round. Okay. Scotty? Yeah, mine's no surprise. I've talked about him a lot, but mine is Mr. DK Metcalf. Um, I am just not, I'm, I'm barely interested at all in any element of the Seahawks offense, period. Uh, and the bottom line is, as I've mentioned before, uh, the number of targets that he got just is not there to justify that high round. And if you are looking for some reason to buy into the Seahawks offense, then Tyler Lockett is a much better value at nearly four rounds later, getting only one fewer targets per game. 
Um, so I just don't see any reason to spend this much on DK given their offensive situation. I, I can't believe that he's going this early uh, in ADP, but he is. And so for that reason, I'm fading him way back. It's probably because he's ripped and handsome and scary is probably like my three suggestions as to why. But moving on to round six, my buy, the guy, somebody who I think should be knighted, Sir Mike Williams. He just has a cool name, like Sir Michael Williams. That just sounds like somebody who should be a knight. Um, not only that, but I, he's he's a great wide receiver. So uh, he, he finished at wide receiver 11 last year. And, uh, or I'm sorry, he finished at wide receiver 12 last year. But what I want to point out is Keenan Allen finished at wide receiver 11. So they were back-to-back, both top-tier wide receivers. And uh, Keenan Allen is currently being drafted as the wide receiver 11 this year, while Williams is uh, the 22nd wide receiver off the board. Um, Justin Herbert is, like I said, he's shown that he can, he can, he can hold two top-tier wide receivers at a very high level for fantasy football. I think Mike Williams is the grab here. I think he's a much better value than Keenan Allen, and I think that he's got quite a bit of upside. So he is in, in the sixth round, Mike Williams. That is a wide receiver, two with wide receiver one upside there, and I am taking Mike Williams there if he if he is at all available to me at ADP 55 overall. Scotty, who are you buying? Yeah, I will second that because I also have Mike Williams as my buy. Uh, and the primary reason, you, you saw him in the first five weeks of last season, uh, he finished at wide receiver two on the uh, throughout those first five weeks. So we saw what he's capable of doing. And he averaged in those first five weeks just under 95 yards per game, which is exactly what you want out of a receiver in the sixth round. And he didn't continue this production overall, but he did finish number sixth overall in end zone targets last year, and he only caught a small fraction of those. So what you're talking about is a guy who is due for positive touchdown regression. You're going to see Mike Williams in the end zone a lot this year, and for that reason, I am taking him as a steal in the sixth round. And Yeti, who are you buying? Guys, I fucked up again. Oh, my I God. I fucked up. Jeez Louise. So... Should we just go to our cells? Yes. You just want us to I, move on? So I looked through the fifth round AD, or sorry, sixth round ADP here, and just looking through all the guys, um, I Mike Williams is hands down my buy here at that range. I'm not obviously with the news of Hollywood Brown getting arrested. We don't know if he's going to miss time, but even if he doesn't, I still like Mike Williams a lot more than Hollywood Brown. Um, I think Mike Williams is on a more explosive offense that is going to be one of the most pass-heavy offenses as well uh, with Justin Herbert. Um, I think Mike Williams is going to overthrow Keenan Allen um, as the wide receiver one in that offense. And he um, he gets all the deep balls as well in that offense, which is great, obviously, for yardage, and it's great for touchdowns, which obviously you need in fantasy. So give me all the Mike Williams in the fifth round, too. Or six, right. sorry. Six, six, six Yeti, six, come on. Six. Jesus. Yep. Sign uh, Calling the devil okay. here. <laughs> uh, um, my, my cell for round six is ADP 54 overall, Mr. Amari Cooper. I, uh, I'm, I'm very afraid of Amari Cooper, to be honest with you, and I think that you should be. I think that there is reason to be slightly afraid. Amari Cooper finished at wide receiver 27 last year, and uh, and he could end up being that or worse this year, I think, to be completely honest. he uh, From the sounds of it, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, Deshaun Watson may not even see the field this year, and that is significantly going to hinder Cooper's production because 
currently right now, Jacoby Brissett is his QB. And you have to be cognizant of quarterback play when it comes to wide receivers in, in terms of fantasy football. So it's a significant downgrade from Dak Prescott to Jacoby Brissett. And at the current projection, that's what it's going to be. And I'm not excited about that. So if you had to tell me that I was I, I had a choice between Mike Williams, Hollywood Brown, or Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper is by and large the last person on that list. I, I'm not interested in owning him, and I would I would easily pass him up at round six, ADP 54 overall. Scotty, who are you selling? All right, so I bent the rules a little bit here because my sell is not someone that I would be unhappy with taking in this round, uh, but I simply like somebody else at his position better and it is Mr. Hawkinson. Uh, So again, the fate is slowly due to the fact that Dalton Schultz, to me, is a much better option at the tight end position. The doctor? The doctor Schultz himself. I just think he is in a much better position to exceed expectations this year. He's only fallen behind Walder, Kelsey, and Andrew in fantasy points in the tight end position since 2020. He is just someone that I'm very high on at that position, and I think at this particular time in the draft, I think it'd be appropriate to grab that tight end position, and I just like... Uh, I just like Schultz more than Hawkinson is the bottom line. So I'm fading him slightly just a couple spots. That's fair. Hawkinson got hurt last year and really wasn't significantly available. Um, And I know that because I owned him and it sucked. I, I, if he can be healthy, I am excited to see what they're able to do with him. But um, I don't hate that because Schultz is obviously on a very good offense and Hawkinson is not on nearly as good of an offense. And, um, so there's an argument to be made on either side of the post there, but I, I don't hate that. Yeti, who are you rolling with for a sell? I am selling Joe Shiesty, Joe Burrow out of Cincinnati. Joey, Mc, Joey McIce? Yeah, he's going. He's going peace. Um, oh, man. Yeah, man. He He's currently being drafted as a fifth quarterback off the board, uh, which is just way too high for a, a uh, pocket passer. Uh, Joe Burrow does not offer any rushing upside like guy guys like Kyler, like Jalen Hurts, like Russell Wilson, who you can like get Guy Fieri. Yeah, Guy Fieri too. Take you yeah, to flavor he's great in the pocket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think that Joe Burrow doesn't offer as much rushing upside, and you can get a, a dual threat quarterback later. So why take a quarterback here in the in the sixth round? Um, and Joe sure. Burrow. So sorry, Joe. Nope, I don't hate it. Moving on to round seven. Uses ADP 61 through 70. My purchase, Mr. The Chef, Mr. Brandon Cooks. I like Brandon Cooks a lot. He is somebody who it's kind of disrespectful to have him seventh round in the draft. He he is currently being drafted as the overall wide receiver 26. Last year he finished as a wide receiver 20 with a rookie quarterback. And in the last three out of the four seasons of his play, he has had over a thousand yards. He's a clear wide receiver one for the Texans. And while I understand that it is the Texans, you have Davis Mills, who's now entering his second year. And then uh, John Mechie, unfortunately, has uh, has come down with cancer, so he's not going to be on the field. Brandon Cooks is, is the wide receiver to have in that offense. I'm excited for him. And if he's there in the seventh round, man, I am grabbing him. I just think that it's it's a smash play for, for anybody to grab him there because – he is capable of doing a lot for that team and, and sufficeable for fantasy week to week. So, Yeti, do you have a buy at this round, or do we need to give you a moment to find one? Um, so I also had Brandon Cooks, okay. but I will pivot off of Brandon Cooks here. and You can use him. Just use him. That's fine. No, no, if he's no, your buy, no. he's your buy. No, because I have another guy who is a my okay. guy. Um, okay. I think uh, you guys will be able to guess this one. It is 
none other than Mr. Jalen Hurts. Um, I am extremely yeah. bullish on Jalen Hurts this season, I, just because I think uh, they have one of the best offensive lines in the game. They obviously upgraded their skilled positions with A.J. Brown, so now they have a, a three-headed monster with Goddard, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, um, and then I, I guess we can throw Miles Sanders in there, but he's kind of just a uh, filler position back there. Cause he's a good running back. He, he I no. think he, I truly, I think he's a hard runner. I just, I, he's a good a runner, but Jalen Hurts is the running back quarterback. That, in yes, that, in and that's that the problem. He's going to steal all the red zone carries, which is one of the reasons why I love Jalen Hurts is because he's running the ball um, more than any other quarterback when it gets down to the red zone. Jalen Hurts is looking to score, which obviously is great for fantasy purposes. Um, yeah. I, I think he is due for some regression on the ground, but I, I'm thinking he is going to make that up through the air just because they, they paid a hefty price for A.J. Brown and they're going to utilize him a lot. So uh, give me Jalen Hurts uh, in the seventh round. Okay. Scotty, who are you buying? Yeah, I'm also buying Cooks. So we were all on the same page okay. with that one. I, the bottom line is Cooks has a 1,000-yard floor. And getting a receiver with a 1,000-yard floor in the seventh round is ridiculous value. And not only that, I heard him describe today, actually, on a podcast as fantasy football's cockroach. You just can't kill the guy. It doesn't matter how shitty of an offense he's in. He produces. He always produces. And so just as mm -hmm. someone, you know, I'm always an upside guy. But when you get someone with a safe floor as this, this late in the draft, you have to pick him up. This is a must-buy in this round. I agree. My sleep is uh, ADP 64 overall, Mr. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I'm sleeping on him. I'm selling him. I'm moving him away. I am shipping him off. Not interested. In his two seasons of play, he finished at RB 22 and 46. He doesn't pass the eye test. And, you know, you, you talked about Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts. Part of the problem is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes does not check the ball down. Patrick Mahomes is not afraid to tuck the ball and run, and that hurts as far as Clyde Edwards-Alaire's value. I'm not interested in cloning, in owning Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and I, I never have been, and I don't think I will. I, he's somebody who, at this round, not interested. I don't want Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and I might be a little um, pessimistic on him than other people might be, but I, I personally will not be owning Clyde in any format this year. Scotty. Who you selling? Yeah, you guys have touched on it a little bit, but Miles Sanders is an easy sell for me at this uh, at this range, exactly for the reasons that Yeti already gave. That he is losing all sure. of his red zone touches to to Jalen Hurts, which is again a great reason to pick up Jalen Hurts. But Sanders, just unfortunately, he's going to be losing those touches. And in games last year, where he only saw sixty to eighty percent split uh, with the ball, he was averaging under ten yards a carry. Er, uh, excuse me, under ten uh, carries per game. So he's someone that, with an up-and-comer like Kenneth Gainwell right on his heels, you have to imagine that he's not going to be getting a massive workload, and even when he does, he's not going to be getting the ball near the end zone. So he's just someone that's an easy sell for me. I'm not interested in Sanders. And my, and my sell is the one of the late-season darlings from, from last year, and Amon St. Brown. Uh, so Saint, the raw dog? Yeah, raw dog. The sun god? He is my sell. So St. Brown, he caught fire in the second half of the season, uh, he averaging double-digit targets uh, through the last six weeks of the season. season. Um, and he also finished right behind Cooper Cup as the wide receiver, too, during that stretch. Uh, keep in mind, during that six-week stretch, that both TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift were out, um, forcing Goff to look his way more often. 
now we're going into a season where TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift are both healthy. And the the Lions, they drafted Jamison Williams out of Alabama in the first round. And then they added DJ, DJ Shark in free agency. Yep. Um, so obviously they are not sold on Amon Ross St. Brown. So I am selling him here in the seventh round. Um, yeah, that that's my guy. I don't, yeah, that's fine. I, he's somebody, he's kind of interesting to me. He's somebody who I would like to own, but I don't want to spend that price on him. I think his upside is kind of nice, but um, I think there's other players that I would rather be interested in before drafting him at, at seventh round. It's like so. you're kind of banking on somebody getting hurt when you get him just because during the first 12 weeks. That's when he saw his, yeah. He didn't that's see he saw anything. His production. Yeah. Sure. So. All right, round eight, last round, 71 through 80. The guy that finished at 80 is who I am buying. What a crazy, crazy thing. Mr. Hunt himself, Kareem Hunt, is the buy. We kind of touched on him a little bit earlier, but in 2017, Kareem Hunt, while with the Browns, finishes running back four. 2018, he finishes running back 12. 2019, he finished as running back 47. However, he only played in eight games. In 2020, he finished at RB11. And then in 2021, he finished at RB49. But once again, he only played in eight games. When the guy is healthy, he's a freaking machine. And especially with the Watson situation right now, they're going to need all the help that they can get. And I like him a lot at this ADP. If he is able to stay healthy, he is a top-tier running back that you're getting in the eighth round. That is just crazy to me. The upside is just too tasty for me to pass up. And if he is there around this AD or at this round eight, He's a he's a must grab for me because he, he when healthy he's going to to produce so um, he is my buy and uh, Yeti you have a buy here should we move to Scotty first I do have a buy here and I I think we have to talk about him because we named a freaking episode about him and I'm talking Dallas about Goddard. Dallas Goddard man I've <laughs> Damn, talked about man. him so much third plug third plug go check out wow. the ep- episode titled I heard, the Dallas Goddard I heard if show. you look in the mirror. And you say Dallas Goddard three times, he shows up. So give it a try, guys. All you brainiacs out there, give it a try because I heard it works. <laughs> it was it was a toss up between Bateman, honestly, and Goddard here. But I figured since you know we we named an episode after him, I might as well. Yeah, you got to give him some him, respect. So, um, I, I think this is truly the year of Dallas Goddard to feast in an improved passing game in Philly. Uh, I talked about it with Jalen Hurts, but stacking Hurts with Dallas Goddard is one of my favorite things to do in fantasy redrafts. Um, they added A.J. Brown with uh, Devontae Smith. Um, I think those two are going to open up the middle of the field, and that's where Dallas Goddard should feast. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is going to take a huge step in the passing game uh, in his second season under Nick Sirianni's offense. Um, And uh, without Zach Ertz in that offense, Dallas Goddard finished as a tight end six and garnered a whopping 27% target share uh, without without him there. So I think Goddard should continue to uh, get a large target share, even even though Philly didn't throw the ball as much last season. I think they are going to do so this year. I'm in the camp that they will uh, get Hurts on the move and uh, get him throwing the ball a little more. Um, so give me Dallas Goddard here in the eighth round. I like it. I do. I, I He's somebody who has some upside here. I 
looking at some of the other people, I think I would rather wait on tight end, but that's typically my philosophy. Unless I get one of those top tier guys, I think there's still some other people I'd be interested in, but I do not hate that at all. Yeah, as the uh, tight end eight coming off the board, I mean, I don't hate it there at all. Sure. Scotty, who are you rolling with? Yeah, mine, uh, admittedly, I'm much more excited about him in Dynasty Leagues, but I do think he's worth mentioning, and that's Mr. Ken Walker. Um, you know me. I am a handcuff fan, especially in fantasy football boy. and especially in the bedroom. I'm all in on handcuffs. And I just think oh, that Ken no. Walker, given given uh, Penny's injury history uh, and given the uncertainty that's been at play in that backfield over the you know, recent course of history, I do think that there's a chance that Walker sees a significant chunk of time this year. And especially moving into future seasons, I think there's a very good chance that he ends up taking over that role entirely. Um, so I'm a fan of Ken Walker. I like the handcuff option later in drafts. Um, like I said, it's more of a dynasty play than a redraft play, but I felt it was worth mentioning his name. That's fair. And I, I, I like him in dynasty quite a bit, but he also has some fantasy, uh, redraft implications if for shop and he can't stay healthy. So I like that too. He's, he's somebody who I think could end up having a significant impact on your team. Uh, after Rashad Penny gets hurt, we don't root for injury, but it is almost inevitable. Scotty, we're going to fight here. I think because Kenny Walker, he is my seller. Oh, I am wow. selling Ken Walker. Battle. So here is why <laughs> I am selling Ken Walker. Um, I have a hard time taking him in redraft formats because he has still not been out Rashad Penny. Now we're, we're banking on a Penny injury here with Kenneth Walker, which I don't love in the eighth round, right? You can get Rashad Penny, what, ninth, tenth round. You can get him after Ken Walker uh, for however long he's going to be healthy. But I just have a hard time buying Ken Walker here. Um, Walker, he's also not known as much of a pass-catching uh, running back out of the backfield, and that's giving room for DJ Dallas, who's actually been getting a lot of snaps in training camp because Penny nor Walker can fucking catch out of the backfield, supposedly. So DJ Dallas is getting a lot of uh, third-down touches with the first-teamers. Um, I think the Seattle offense is going to be piss-poor, uh, mainly a pass-heavy offense, which doesn't really bode well for Walker and Penny. And behind a, a, a struggling offensive line, I have a hard time getting excited about any of the Seattle running backs. So I'm selling Ken Walker. All right. I am selling Juju Smith-Schuster. I uh, His current ADP is 73 overall. And I, it's not that I'm completely out on Juju. It's just that I, I have some concerns. Um he, he's coming off an ACL injury. The wide receiver room is completely different for the Chiefs, and uh, and he signed a, a one-year deal with them, which may be due to injury, maybe due to the fact that they just were looking for him for this year. I don't know. Um, there are other people that are a little bit farther down for the Chiefs. I want a piece of the, excuse me, I want a piece of the Chiefs' offense, but at round eight, I just don't know if I want to take Juju there. So he is my sell. Not that I'm necessarily out on him, but at that ADP, I probably will not be purchasing Juju there. So he's my sell. And Scotty, take us home. Yeah, the sell is easy for me on this one. I am selling Mr. Thielen. And the reason I'm selling Mr. Thielen is because I am so very high on Justin Jefferson. Um, the bottom line here is that Thielen is old. 
He's very old. And the only reason, the only reason that he has been relevant in recent history is because he scored 24 touchdowns in the, uh, since 2020, since the beginning of the season. Yeah, it's awesome. You have to expect a shitload of regression there, especially with... Well, he was hurt last yeah, year. Uh, well, yeah, no, I don't... I, that's part of the problem as well. Because of his age, he's not able to carry the load of a full season. Uh, he's demonstrated that time and time again, and they are moving on from him. Um, so... Again, I wouldn't be upset to have Thielen, but there are so many other pieces in this round that I would rather have that I think it's appropriate to fade him further back than that. Okay. I, I actually, I, he was somebody who I almost put as my buy. Um, just looking at some of the pieces at, at this ADP, um, Bateman definitely came to mind, and Kareem Hunt obviously won for me. I kind of like Drake London as well, but Thielen, I, I would tell I, I understand where you're coming from because there are other people that are a little bit farther down than Thielen that I would rather have. Uh, but I, I, I kind of like Thielen going in this year. If he falls down to like the eighth or ninth round or something, I would easily take Thielen for the upside there. But um, I, th- I think if, yeah, if I you pick I, up I, I Thielen, you, you're getting him for heavy production in the first three weeks. And then I think after that, it slowly transitions over the course of the season to Justin Jefferson, and he becomes what everyone expects him to become. Um, so I just don't see Thielen oh, maintaining that that productivity over the course of the season. And like you said, there are just you know, I'd rather have Bateman. I'd rather have Hunt at this level. There, he's just not someone that I'm picking up in the eighth round. I guess I said eighth round. I meant like ninth or tenth round, but because um, we were in the eighth round. So, all right, that is it. That is all the time that we have for our buys and sells. Hope you guys got some good information out of that. Uh, it was something that I actually, it was kind of fun to do. So if if you have not drafted yet in a redraft format, get on there and look, is it would be my recommendation is just get on. You don't have to actually do a mock draft, but go look at where people are currently being drafted at at their ADP and get a game plan. Obviously have like eight different game plans because people value other people differently, but have a general consensus of who you're kind of targeting in each round is, is a healthy thing to do and highly something I recommend doing in, in, uh, in fantasy football this upcoming year because you'll get an idea as to where people are kind of being drafted at and you can formulate some teams there. So hope you guys found some value in this and it is time for us to move on to the questions. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail! <laughs> Well, that might be your best one yet. Close. Yeah. That was pretty close. All right. First question comes from Brainiac, Mr. JMDB21. Is it worth go, it? Go, He's go, in a PPR go. league redraft non-superflex. Are you taking Joe Burrow and Traylon Burks or Trey Lance and DK Metcalf? Hunter. I'm going to take Joe Burrow and Traylon Burks on this one if I had to choose between the tru- between the two. Um for the simple fact that Trey Lance is, is essentially it's his second year, but he's a rookie this year, right? He he played a game or two last year and was kind of a they throw him in to kind of trick the defense a little bit. But this is his first full year. They've come out and said he's going to be their guy. But as far as quarterback is concerned, I kind of view Trey Lance as a rookie. I don't know how he's going to perform. He's definitely probably going to have some value in the run game, but I don't like DK Metcalf here in a redraft format. I think that offense is going to struggle. I do not think Drew Locke is a good quarterback, and I think they're going to have some issues there. Traylon Burks, the only reason I like Traylon Burks is because they sold their top wide receiver, an elite, talented, top-end wide receiver. The Titans sold A.J. Brown to get Traylon Burks. So that tells me that they're probably going to be trying to get him involved early and often. I want that. And Joe Burrow is a much more stable quarterback than Trey Lance. I'm going to take that side over the Trey Lance and DK Metcalf in a redraft format. 
If you want to be safe here, I think you go with Joe Burrow and Burks. But if you want to live on the edge a little bit, I think you roll the dice with Lance and fucking, DK. Are your D-Gen juices just flowing yeah, over there? Yeah, my D-Gen juices are fucking flowing, man. I'm I'm, I'm ready to gamble, <laughs> honestly. Seeping out of your pores. <laughs> I was looking at spreads and betting lines earlier. But um, well, anyway. And it's, I, I, while you mention that, I do just want to let our Brainiacs know that um, once the season starts, we will have a segment involving our D-Gen stuff. So... If you guys are, are part of the degeneracy um, and, and degen nation, then then get ready for that because Yeti is a a true degenerative core, and uh, and we will have some fun. Yeah, here. I also think it's important to note here that we um, you know we've experienced just a little bit of pushback against the degen name. We we, we had did. a Twitter uh, a Twitter I won't call him a brainiac because I'm about to ban him from the show. Newsflash. <laughs> But he was very upset about the label DGEN, despite the fact that we made it very clear that we ourselves are DGENs. And we mean no offense by that. It's just a kick-ass name, and it describes us accurately because we are degenerates yeah. who gamble our money away on sports. And it is uh, unfortunate that that individual was offended by that. But, of course, it's not something he ever has to worry about again because he is banned forever from the show. Good. That's yeah, I didn't – the way that he, he carried himself was very uh, – very disgraceful to the DJ name I, because he got upset about it. And I'm like, look, man, we're, we're DJs at our core. So he didn't like that. Thank you, Scotty. This is the one time I completely agree with banning from someone from the show. And it sounds like you are taking Trey Lance and DK there, Yeti. Yep. I am. I think okay. it's strictly because of upside. I think Trey Lance's rushing upside ability could put him in the top 10 uh, as far okay. as quarterbacks go. And I think DK Metcalf, albeit it's going to be on a shitty offense. I think, the game scripts are going to be in his favor every fucking game. So I think he should see a ton of targets. I'm obviously, I'm not personally high on DK, but I think he could outscore Traylon Burks in this trade situation. So I'm rolling, okay. rolling the dice here. All right. Fair enough. All right. Next question comes from Sigs inside 59. He is in a dynasty trade. Which side wins in a PPR super flex format? Ramondre Stevenson or Traylon Burks? Yeti. Uh, Traylon Burks. Um, Ramondre Stevenson is a, I'd say he's a pretty good running back, but he's just in such a shitty situation right now with Damian Harris and James White and Pierre Strong in New England. Who the fuck knows is going to start for New England? Uh, it should be Stevenson, but history doesn't bode well for New England running backs, and it's hard for me to get excited for Stevenson. So, I'm going with Burks. I think Burks is a—he's got a chip on his shoulder coming into this season with people saying he's overweight and his asthma and all that fun shit uh, that he I mean, dealt with. The man's got asthma. Yeah, but I, I think he's truly a dog. Um, they drafted him in the first round for a reason. I think when the when the lights come on, the pads come on. I think he'll prove that he's a dog, and uh, I, I'm I'm excited about Burks this season. I think he'll be a good wide receiver as his career goes on in dynasty formats. I agree. He's who I'm taking for everything you just said. All right, next question comes from a gentleman with a name that I feel must be said with a European accent. Ferris Jodler, who is in a dynasty <laughs> superflex. Which side wins he is contending? Are you taking A.J. Dillon or Kareem Hunt and Christian Watson? Hunter. I was hoping you were going to ask Yeti because this one's kind of harder for me. I'm, I'm very uh, – I have a small brain. This is and, hard for uh, me too, and I have a is, even smaller. You have brain. A galaxy brain? No, you got a galaxy brain over there, man. I can't even see it. It's a so space-like. Um, this is hard. This is really hard. 
I think as a contender, I want to say AJ Dillon. I want to say AJ Dillon because I know that AJ AJ Dillon is going to be profitable this year. But I also am somebody. It's hard for me to just like say fuck it and and not think about the future because I'm always thinking about the future, kind of like that SpongeBob future. That's me. That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking of. So I. I think I'm going to take Kareem Hunt and Christian Watson is is where I think I'm going to go on this one because I think Kareem Hunt, when healthy, has been proven to be a top-tier elite running back, and I think that A.J. Dillon is also that, but you're kind of – they're very similar in that way. And you get Christian Watson, who I, I don't know if he's going to be excellent this year, but he's certainly a piece worth owning and uh, in an offense that desperately needs wide receiver help. So I think I'm going to take Kareem Hunt and Christian Watson on this one. This is tough for me just because I, I don't know what Christian Watson's role is going to be in that offense because he's out right now with an injury. with the He had knee surgery. Um, and all reports out of training camp are looking at Alan Lazard and uh, Romeo Dubs, who is a rookie out of Nevada. Um, it's been reported that those two are kind of stealing the show right now. So who... Who knows what kind of role is going to be left for Watson as a rookie who's not working with Aaron Rodgers right now. He's he's missing valuable time. Um, I, I think Kareem Hunt, he's aging quite a bit. Um, he I think he's like 27, right, at this point? 27, 28 uh, years 20, old. I thought he was 26. I'll check. Keep going. But I, I like the upside with A.J. Dillon. I, I think A.J. Dillon is going to um, – he's going to be A. utilized. A.J. Dillon is – are we talking He's, about AJ Dillon's health or uh, Hunt? Uh, I know I Dillon is twenty-five. Dillon is twenty-four. Kareem 24. Hunt is twenty-six. Yep. Is it weird that he's younger than me? That feels weird. It is weird. He's That's weird. Yeah, we're getting too. old. But I'm, yeah, I'm going with AJ Dillon. I, I think he's going to have more of a role in that offense without Devontae Adams. Um, I see them running the ball a lot more, and uh, obviously Aaron Jones is a, the top dog there, but. There's a why can't there be a world where they they coexist and they both feast in that offense? So that sounded so like beautiful. Like why can't they just coexist? Yeah, in a in a perfect world, like a Bob Ross painting, right? AJ Dillon <sighs> and Aaron Jones holding hands, or walking into the sunset, Bob Ross style. Dude, Bob Ross, if he drew that, I would be a very high bidder on that. That would be beautiful. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, he can't. <laughs> I'll be the the tiebreaker here, and I'm also going AJ Dillon. He's someone like I mentioned earlier in the episode. I am all on board with A.J. Dillon. I'm all on board with getting both pieces of that Green Bay backfield, if possible. Um, and A.J. Dillon is one of those rare handcuffs that uh, also has a ton of upside, even in the event that uh, Aaron Jones is still on the field. So I'm all in for that. Um, next question comes from Tagged Up, 31415. That's you, Kind of. Uh, he is in a one-keeper PPR league. Which keeper are you taking? Stefan Diggs in the sixth. Mark Andrews in the sixth, or CMC in the first? Yeti. Tagged up, you you ask a very tough question, but it's a good thing I'm not a bitch, and I will answer this Hell straight yeah. on. Don't fuck it up. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, we are taking Christian McCaffrey out of this equation, and Thank we are God with Diggs and Andrews in the sixth round. So let's think about this. You can get a top five wide receiver in the sixth round, or you could possibly get the tight end 1A, 1B in the sixth round. 
You take fucking Mark Andrews Thank in the God. sixth round, oh. and you don't look back. That's so nervous. Um, I got yelled at on Twitter when I said this, but I think Mark Andrews could be. Uh, I think he's going to outscore Travis Kelsey. Um, I, think Dyna- a, I think there's a world in, in Dynasty, which he does. But I, I think he will in every kind of format. Um, I think Mark Andrews is obviously he finished as tight end one last year, and I think he'll do it again this year. Yeah. Um, all the signs are p- pointing in his direction to get him. In the fucking sixth round, when Let's he's going ride, second, second round right now. Yes. Well, it's, it's yeah, no, Mark, It's interesting right too. I just want to touch on the Travis Kelsey bit there because I think the the mainstream school of thought right now among fantasy players and analysts is okay. Travis Kelsey lost his primary target competition, but he also lost the person who draws the coverage in that offense. And so now if you are scheming against the Chiefs, you are scheming against Travis Kelsey. And so there is certainly reason to believe that Travis Kelsey is going to struggle a little bit more this year to get open. So I, I don't disagree one bit. There's there's also another train of thought that, you know, they have there are some talented wide receivers in that Chiefs wide receiver room. There really are. Juju was great until he yeah, got you don't got to tell me that. And if you look... <laughs> And MVS is somebody who is very fast and demands attention as well. So there's a lot going on there. Um, And Mark Andrews doesn't have a lot of competition. So he's got Rashad Bateman. And and I I think Mark Andrews, there's a good argument to be made that Mark Andrews finishes as tight end one this year again. Um, And and in a sixth round, that's a positional advantage. Please get Mark Andrews here, Mr. Tagged Up. Please. Brainy X, let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. (laughs) All right. Next question comes from, this is confusing. It comes from himself, 42. (laughs) It sounded so positive. (laughs) Himself. He is in a Dynasty Superflex (laughs) half PPR league. Are you taking a 2024 first rounder or Renfro and Michael Carter? Hunter. Do the right (laughs) thing. I think you have to take Renfro and Michael Carter here, I think is probably what I would do. Um, although Michael Carter's kind of, he's, it's, I don't know how he's going to be utilized, and I kind of feel bad for him. Like, I, if I was to feel bad for, I don't feel bad for that many NFL players because they're millionaires, but I kind of feel bad for Michael Carter because he was pretty damn good last year. He had the opportunity to be the guy going into this year, and a lot of people thought he would, and then Brees Hall came along, and then that kind of shit on everything. So I I feel bad for him. He's an RB2. Hunter Renfro is a wide receiver, too. But... Where I, there's two questions that I have himself 42. Where is your team currently at? And Jesus, Scotty. Uh, and so where is uh, where's your team currently at? And do you need them? Because I, I, where, where do you project that that first round goes is really where I'm at, I, I guess. Because Hunter Renfro is definitely going to be feasible for the next few years. But Michael Carter, I'm not 100% certain on. So... This one is, I, I, I don't know. I would need to know more of your team, I suppose, before I, I, I definitively make a decision on this. Yeah, can your team hold off two years? Because that's kind of what you're doing here. You're, you're yeah. getting a, a great draft pick in two years, but are you, what's your team looking at? Looking like, yeah. are, are you set at wide receiver and running back? And you can just kind of coast and, you know, have a chance in the playoffs in the next couple of years? Um, if not, then yeah, you you roll with Renfro and Michael Carter. Um, I 
I'm one of those the guys that are very excited about Hunter Renfro, even though Devontae Adams is in town. I actually think Devontae Adams being there is going to help Renfro a shit ton. Um, obviously not top 10 wide receiver status like last year or uh, however high he finished, but he's still going to finish in, in the top, I'd say 25 at least. Um, so give me Renfro and Michael Carter. I'm not really excited about Michael Carter, but... Um, at least you have Hunter Renfro for, for depth, or if, if he's a flex position, then there you go. Yeah. Scotty? Yo, it's me, Scott Del Rey, and I am here to give you our second-to-last question from I'm Jonathan V. Should he... Jonathan. Should he trade away Olave for Kirk in redraft format? What do you think, Hunter? I think I'd probably do it. It's a redraft. Now, if this was Dynasty, it'd be a different conversation. I would, my mentality would change a little bit. But in a redraft format, I think I would do that because I have no freaking clue what the Saints offense is going to look like. And Christian Kirk is a wide receiver one in a very underwhelming offense in which they're probably going to be need, need to be throwing the ball. I'm going to take Kirk on this one. Um, and I like Olave. I do. But I, I think that Kirk is, is in a redraft style format this upcoming year. He's who I would go with over Olave. See, I I regret talking about Christian Kirk on this podcast because every time we fucking mock draft together, You're, the boys are taking Christian Kirk. And I'm not. I, I just want to stay. I yeah, have not. It's, it must it's be me. Scotty. I, I am. It's Scotty. It is Scotty. <laughs> Scotty's a little bitch. Um, but I am excited for Christian Kirk. Um, I, I've said before um, in one of our episodes, I, I title escapes me right now uh but christian was it kirk the dallas was, goddard show <laughs> no it was not the dallas goddard show Damn it. um but we were talking about the guys that we like at their current adps and when i wrote this article or this little write-up on christian kirk he was a 47th wide receiver off the board uh christian kirk he got paid by jacksonville so obviously i mean that contract is fucking stupid and he shouldn't have been paid that yeah, but no, with that contract um they're gonna have to use him right they're gonna have to prove that he is worth that that contract so i think um with doug peterson coming into uh, jacksonville obvious upgrade with urban meyer and doug peterson he runs a very pass friendly offense um in his five years as the eagles head coach his offense is ranked 10th 8th 7th 13th and 6th in pass attempts and I think Jacksonville is a team that's going to be playing from behind a lot this year. So the game script will be positive for Christian Kirk. Um, now, obviously, I'm not saying go reach for Christian Kirk. But for the sake of this this trade, I, I take Christian Kirk 10 out of 10 times and I don't look back. Yeah. I think he has tremendous upside in that offense. And he's yeah. in the training camp right now. He's being utilized um, like a gadget guy with Travis Etn too. Um, I've seen Christian Kirk is a jet sweep type of guy. He's a screen guy. He's a deep threat guy. So they're they're looking to get him the ball any way they can. So sign me up for Christian Kirk. Oh, definitely. And he's the the thing is is that in our in our mock drafts that we're doing every day, he is falling so absurdly late that you're getting a guy with wide receiver two upside, and you're getting him in the tenth round. Right? It's just ridiculous. It's absurd. So I am all on board as well with Christian Kirk. Well, I know who I'm grabbing in the ninth tomorrow. You better not. Fuck. You better not. Yeah, we got our draft tomorrow. It's a big day. Um, okay, final question, most important question, one to which we alluded la uh, last episode, and this is something that we need to discuss. We need to. We, we, there's some tension in the Leatherbrains community in the studio here. I've been feeling it 
virtually boiling over since we started recording. I will bite this motherfucker. I also off. learned that we have do it, we pussy. have slowly fallen off the rails as the podcast is going, and I can only blame that on whiskey because we normally don't record this long, and now we're an yeah, hour and forty minutes episode. in. And, and it's past my bedtime. It's past Yeti's bedtime. My butt hurts Hunter's been sitting drinking. on this stool for so long. Yeah. Okay. I haven't drank. But this is the question from uh, the brainiac Scott Del Rizzi, myself. Are you taking, in a Dynasty Superflex format, are you taking CMC or Cooper Cup? Hunter, why don't you summarize your argument you gave us in last episode? And it's important to say that this is a startup <clears throat> Dynasty. This is a startup not a Dynasty. current Dynasty. Yep. I'm going to so. pick up my mic. <clears throat> oh shit! Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello. Clear. Perfect. I am taking Cooper Cup. I have said this before, Yeti. I know that you feel differently than I do, which is uh, why this argument is a thing. I'm taking Cooper Cup because, in a dynasty format, and I, I, I said this a little bit last week, uh, or last episode, rather. Um, Cooper Cup is somebody who, do I think he is going to finish as high as he did this year? No. Do I think he, he will ever finish that high again? No. But wide receivers have a higher shelf life than running backs do. And that is, is in large part why I would rather have Cooper Cup, because I know that Cooper Cup is going to be safe as long as Matt Stafford is there. And I believe that if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt again, his career will be on a significant decline for the rest of eternity. And that is the problem. And, and both these guys are going, what, early second round, Matt? Like 202, 201, 202? Late first yeah, I think the, ADP, the ADPs, depending on which website you use, some of them rank CMC higher, some of them rank Cooper Cup higher, but they're usually right around the 201 to 204 mark. Okay. So that's where you're drafting, because I think you're, what, ninth round overall or ninth pick overall? So, yeah, both these guys are typically falling to you, and you actually asked Yeti and I both, which would we take here? And this is where the, the argument sparked from. So when you have Christian McCaffrey, he is a league winner when he is healthy, but he has not been healthy in the last two years. I am somebody who I would I, I take safety. I take safety, and, and I think that's, at its core, this is probably what this this question transitions to, is would you rather upside or safety? And I think that's where Yeti and I are, are currently differing at. I would rather have the safety of Cooper Cup, knowing that bare minimum you're going to get another three years out of him. Will he decline? Certainly. I, I do think that he will decline. But I still think he will be, at bare minimum, a usable wide receiver, too. Not saying next year, because I do think he'll finish as a top-tier top wide receiver. But as he declines, he will still be usable for years to come. I worry that Christian McCaffrey will not be. So that is why I'm taking Cooper Cup. And that is it. That is the end. I'm going to set my microphone back down. And, and see, I think it's, it's hard for this argument to really go anywhere just because I think it, it really depends on what side of the camp you're in. Are you wanting to be safe? Are you wanting to, you know, you're going to go for the high reward? The the safe, quote unquote, pick is going to be Cooper Cup. He's 29 years old, right? And he's playing on one of the supposedly, you know, one of the most explosive offenses, one of the best offenses with Matt Stafford. Cooper Cup is 29 years old, two years left on his contract. That is, so he'll be 31 when that contract is over. Um, Stafford, he's not getting any younger at quarterback. And there's already been reports in training camp that he's dealing with tennis elbow, old man elbow. Um, that Aren't we older and elbow is hurt. I mean, obviously, um, last year he stayed healthy for the whole season. 
But let's not forget that Stafford, <laughs> he's injury prone himself at quarterback. Yes, he was with the Lions, but neck injuries and back injuries just don't go away. You take one sack and you're <laughs> he could be fucked up. Um, now, obviously, we don't root for injuries, but I think Stafford's age has to be addressed here when you're talking about Cooper Cup for obvious reasons. Now, Cooper Cup, he's an elite wide receiver, and I think he will continue to be in his prime for the next couple years. But you're looking at Christian McCaffrey, who could be a league winner if you can get him. Um, I, I know Christian McCaffrey is dealing with injury history. Yeah, yes, you can go on and on. He hasn't played a full season in three years or two years. I get it. But when McCaffrey is on point, he is the best running back in the league. And I think at a position where it is hard to get somebody like that, I think you take Christian McCaffrey. You can replace wide receivers left and right. But with running backs, you can't. And when you hit the nail on the head with a running back, you ride that guy until he can't ride anymore. And that's Christian McCaffrey. I think you point. live or die with Christian McCaffrey. He could be at that point. So here's here's the thought process that I've gone through here. Because yeah, ultimately, to, ultimately, this is your choice. Like, you have to decide. Yes. We can't decide for you. Well, and I think I, the decision won't be made until tomorrow when this draft comes about, and I have to actually decide. Um, but here's the way I'm leaning and why I'm leaning it. Uh, I've listened to both sides. I appreciate both sides. I have always been an upside guy. That's always how I've acted because I think that's what makes fantasy football fun. I like to bet on the underdog with the opportunity to be a league winner. I love that. The argument that there aren't as many running backs that can win you a league as there are receivers is a good argument. But I think that argument flips on its head. And the reason being, I'm looking at two guys who, as you both point out, have a little bit of risk buying in the second round. That's an early draft pick that I'm spending. Matt Stafford has injury history. Cooper Cup's not getting any younger. I think he's due for a significant amount of regression. And so Yeti's argument is that, yes, I can replace that production with wide receiver um, at other picks later in the draft and not hurt as bad as if I uh, let go of a potentially league-winning running back. But if I'm dealing with injury potential for both of them, it's easier to replace the injury of Cooper Cup or Matthew Stafford at wide receiver later in the draft than it is CMC. So what I'm saying is, if I draft Cooper Cup, he's the safer option off the bat. And then if Matthew Stafford goes down, God forbid, or if Cooper Cup has an underwhelming season, I have an opportunity to make up those points at wide receiver later in the draft. And I don't have that opportunity at running back. So I think the way that I'm leaning is Cooper Cup because I think he's doubly safe in that regard. Okay. Well, ultimately, your decision will be made tomorrow. If you have any opinions on this as a brainiac, shoot us over on Twitter. I know we posted this question the other day, and there was quite a few opinions of it. Um, but if you did not see that, go uh, go hit us up. Go let us know what you think because it is, it is a, a very interesting. Like I said, I think at the bottom – at the core of the conversation is do you value upside or safety? So, and um, something I think that should be addressed too is when Scotty, when you do avoid Christian McCaffrey there in the second round, I'm looking at our latest mock draft that we did, and you're getting guys like Dalvin Cook, you're getting Derrick Henry, and you're getting Travis Etienne as your three running backs, basically right off the bat. Those are the guys that you're kind of targeting in that range. Or if Cam Akers falls to you, you can take Cam Akers too, right? But even with Delvin Cook, you're looking at injury history. Um, who knows what his shelf life is going to be like. 
Derrick Henry, another guy who I think is going to be fizzled out this year. Travis Etienne, I'm high on. I get it. He's young. I I will say this. I will say this. I think that if you're interested in Christian McCaffrey, this is the year to do it because I think he has had the best quarterback that he has had in quite a while. And like I mentioned earlier, I don't think Baker Mayfield is terrific, but I think he is certainly the best quarterback that the Panthers have had within uh, the last couple of years. So... They they might be able to do more with the ball than than solely rely on CMC, and I'm not saying this to try and sway you in the other direction, Scotty, because it's your choice. But I think if I, me personally, if I were in your shoes, this would probably be the year where I would be interested the most in Christian McCaffrey right. due to quarterback play. Well, and here's the thing too: is that to Yeti's point, there I'm, I'm getting decent running backs to replace CMC um, as these mock drafts have progressed. But the thing that kind of sways me in that direction is even though there are fewer top tier running backs. If I'm getting Aaron Jones, if I'm getting Dalvin Cook, not only am I getting these guys who have high upside, but I'm also getting these guys who have great handcuffs. And that's the way I've been kind of mitigating that issue going down going down the line, where I'm able that's to fair. I'm able to get a Dalvin Cook who has potential to be a league winner himself, but if, God forbid, an injury happens, he goes down, I can get a handcuff that will replace him as that RB1 and also potentially be a league winner. And I think that's kind of where the the strategy is forming at the ninth pick in this draft, that I have the opportunity to replace that uh, uh, to replace that running back position with people who are safer because I can pick up the running back one and the handcuff. Sure. All right, that's it. That is all the time that we have. It has been a rather lengthy episode, and if you have made it this far, you deserve more than the title of a Bradyac, but unfortunately, that is all that I have to give you at this time. We do greatly appreciate your guys' support as we do this. We really enjoy um, getting on the mic and, and having fun and talking about fantasy football because we are all passionate about it ourselves. And we, it's just fun, fun for us to do. So if you genuinely enjoy listening uh, to us banter for as long as you have, do me a huge favor. Tell your friends. Tell your friends and let them know about us because that is how we continue to grow. We have seen tremendous growth since we started this thing. And as the season approaches, we are so excited for some of the new things that we're going to be coming out with. And uh, and we appreciate you guys' continued support throughout all that. So give us a follow. As always, on Leatherbrains with a Z at Twitter, we have a great community there. We're also on Instagram, and we have another gentleman who is behind the scenes helping us um, generate some of our media and stuff like that. So uh, we really do appreciate him doing that, and, and we hope you guys enjoy what we're putting out. So give us a follow, subscribe, do all those things that we ask you to every episode. And that is all of the very lengthy time that we have. And we are...